This episode of Butcher Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right, for your holiday season, you can give the gift of the holidays to Greg and I by subscribing to our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Breakaway. You get access to our Discord, our BSBOT episodes, and much more. We reference them a lot on the show today, and then we make fun of ourselves. So, enjoy that. We have our good friend Drew Way coming on. We talk about analytics, chart boys, and stuff like that. And we break down the Rangers winning seven in a row. All unlikely as it is. So, without further ado, here's Mark Messier. Happy holidays to all of you. Happy whatever night it is of Hanukkah. Happy Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy whatever you celebrate. Be happy, because the Rangers are on a heater. Here we go. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Hey, Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and we're streaking here with my friend and co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Does Canada it's, not have copyright laws? What do we got here? What's going on? What with uh, sports, with uh, Sportsnet and our dear friend Jeff Merrick and, uh, and Elliot Friedman? Unbelievable. You think you know a guy. You know, just when you promote, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you saw Vince's article today, where the nickname's not going anywhere, but they're not happy, and I come up with boys to men, all of a sudden, Sportsnet's doing it. Vince isn't giving me credit in his article. What, what does it take these days? Ryan, they're just trying to keep it down, man. I don't know what to tell you. Everybody, Sports- everybody's just taking a page out of the Greg Kaplan notebook, which is got to find a way to humble Ryan Mead as many ways as possible, <laughs> and this is how you do it. Keep this idiot in his box because mm. we cannot have him escaping. Uh, and that is what is, is happening right now. The Rangers are have won seven in a row. Boy, uh, let's recap, shall we? The two mm. weeks, I think it's important. Two weeks ago on this podcast, we had a podcast named Disaster. Uh, the Rangers had lost to the Anaheim Ducks. They had played a lifeless game versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Jacob Truga threw his helmet. Seems like everyone else didn't really even respond to Jacob Truga throwing his helmet. And since then, they've done nothing but win seven straight. Look like the better team against bad teams again. Gerard Gallant has somehow saved his job. And I'm sure we're going to talk. We talked a little bit about last week in the OT. If you want to check it out, you can go to Patreon, blah, 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 blah ad plug here but the pettiness of, of Gerard Gallant and how it's continued but there's still a lot to uncover with, with this team because they've won seven in a row but I don't think that means everything is all hunky-dory and I'm not saying Gerard Gallant is on his way out he's not I think he saved his job for the season at this point when you win seven in a row in this fashion it's kind of too late in the game to change and uh, I know you have a lot of theories about how Drury's protecting himself in this case as well but the Rangers have won seven in a row Gerard Gallant I still think no matter what, it's shown that there is rifts between him and Drury. I mean, I think he was the person, Drury was the person to make the decision to play crafts off. That's just what we said last week on this show, and I still feel that way. Uh, but for right now, things are hunky-dory. Jacob Truba scored two in a row. The kid line, boys to men, rather, had a fabulous goal last night versus the Blackhawks. Then Philip Heedle unfortunately takes a late hit. So we have a lot of topics to cover. Where do you want to start? Uh, you don't want to start with the Kodai Sanga press conference? That's not the most important thing that happened today. Pitch to the Phillies. That's all he wants to do. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I... It feels a lot... Lo- this is this can be said about everything in life. It feels a lot longer that two weeks ago, you and I were put on high alert on a Sunday because we were tipped off that a coaching change was likely to happen. That was a real thing that impacted our weekends where you and I had plans independent of what we wanted to do, 
had to cancel those plans and be ready to do a podcast because the belief was the Rangers were making a coaching change before they played the St. Louis Blues. That's how terrible things were two weeks ago. It's funny how things days. change. Winning it's... solves everything. The thing and is, on, like on that podcast, just real quick, because I want to, I want to shit on myself. I was like, the only way Gerard Glatt saves his job is if he wins every game from here on out. And here we are. There's I know, but it, seven even, in a row. On, even on that podcast, we said like the Rangers won a hockey game because their coach got super petty and was like, "Fine, fuck you. I'll put Lafreniere and Cackle on the top line. It's not going to help." And then it helped, and the Rangers won the game. And then he continues to do petty stuff like <laughs> the general manager asks him to put Vitaly Kravtsov in the lineup. So what does he do? Fuck you. I'm putting him off his off wing on the fourth line. Oh, and I'm putting Ben Harper in the lineup because you like Lieber Hayek. It's clear you like Lieber Hayek. So Ben Harper is more my guy. He's 6'6". <laughs> he's 6'6 six, so, six, six and fucking big. I will I, say we, also on Sportsnet uh, 32 Thoughts, if you want to listen to it today, the 24-minute mark, they do give us, us not credit, but do mention Boys to Men. But Friedman also also at that time mentions Gerard Glantz, not an analytics guy. Oh, uh, you think? Dude? No fucking <laughs> like, shit. No I shit. Just, I, I tweeted out last night, uh, Drew's going to be on the podcast later, so I made a point to go look at the game scores from last night. The Rangers dominated every facet of that game, won 7-1, to one, very easy game. Ben Harper was a negative. Like, it's just amazing how a team could look so good and one player is just like, no, I still can't do it. Can't he did have a, it was a night of great chirps, though. I guess we'll start here. <laughs> um, Hold on. We need to talk about this. Was it a great chirp? Ben Harper, his response was essentially like, I'm in the league. What are you talking about? Oh, I was more talking about the great chirp from our captain, Jacob Truba. Oh, yes, which, our, which our, was, our king. Our, our petty king. Hey, learning from his coach, by the way. That's leadership. It's, <laughs> hey, buddy, uh, do you want the puck? So... I don't know if you guys remember, but I'm oh, I'm sure you did because Emily Kaplan talked about this. She's done a great job with that ESPN broadcast. Really enhanced uh, the viewing experience for I know you and I as we did it on playback. Yeah, shout out, shout out Ryan Callahan too. I thought he was truly incredible. As the, I, we, you and I didn't know that he was going to do color commentary on games. I had no we idea. Thought he, we thought he'd be purely in studio, and he shows up last night. I thought it was fantastic. Truly, maybe we'll maybe we'll try and sneak him on the show. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. A little former Ranger captain. Think we can get him? I think we can. I mean, it's <laughs> within the realm of possibility. No, he's probably still friendly with MSG, so probably not an option. Uh, uh, we can we can ask Emily though. I feel like we're tight with Emily now. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll send a, I'll send a little note like, hey, Ryan Callahan, is he available? Not for trade, but for uh, for podcasting. Anyway, uh, Jacob Truba got chirped by Chicago Blackhawk back in the day when they lost in a lifeless game, saying he was an eight million dollar player with no goals. Jacob Truba scores a goal last night, uh, then flies over to that. Back blackout player and goes, hey, do you want the puck? Even though beforehand in the game, Emily was like, hey, will this come up at all tonight? And Jacob Trouba was like, no, nah, absolutely not. I don't see that happening. The minute he scored. Yeah, but just, he said he did say it with a shit-eating grin on his face. He, he like, said both. No. Both times with a shit-eating grin on his face. It's actually the most jovial I've seen Jacob Trouba this entire yeah, year. Trouba, Trouba responding to Emily's question, though, was kind of like a teacher asking you in class, like, you're not going to talk out of turn again, right? And you're just being like, nah, probably not. I guess no, I'm not going to. I would never I would. do that. Me? <laughs> no, no. So, like, it's, yeah, like he said, I saw the words coming out of his mouth, but I saw the words his eyes were conveying. And I, I like, you could tell, man, just what a phenomenal game to be on playback for. And we had um, Katie Banks on, we had Shayna on. It was just, just a wonderful time to be had by all. And you guys need to start checking these out. All I'm saying, I'm just saying. Okay, fine. Uh, that being said, the Rangers 
won the game super easily. A little petty trip. You, you mentioned the the Harper chirp, which was, hey, we're in the same league. I'm sure he was getting told, like, you don't deserve to be here right now. You're not in NHL or all that yeah. stuff. Normal normal chirps. Yeah, he's play- a bum, blah, blah, blah. Hey, they're, they're not wrong, but he's he's right. They are playing in the same league right now. <laughs> Just, I really enjoy that comeback. Um, so also in that game, Philip Heedle gets knocked out in a late hit. Yeah, um, he got chumbawambaed. He did. Uh, there will be no suspension. According to Larry Brooks, who tweeted that out, there will be, uh, there was no penalty called in the game. I would say, I don't think it was a questionable call. To me, it was a late hit. I, I don't know what player safety is, and I know if this was Jacob Truba, there would be a six day campaign against him. Um, so I hope the best for Filipino. It seems like it is a multiple. It seems like a concussion on our end. That seems to be the speculation from not only us, but other beat writers as well. Not that we're beat writers, but we'd cover the team in some stupid fashion. And I'd imagine, you and I talked about this last night, but I'd imagine it's at least a week till we see him again. Yeah, anytime you have a history of head injuries, we've talked about this before, and I know I've we've brought it up on other shows that we've done, like if we brought up Tua Tagovailoa, whatever you think the time frame is with a head injury, just add a week. Just that, like, but it, it's another one of those things where had it's kind of in partnership with some of the stuff we've talked about, Truba, where like you do sometimes have to look at the calendar and be like, it is December 19th. Do I need to rush this guy back right now? Or will I be okay over the next four games kind of trying to figure it out on the fly? Yeah, there are important games and every game's significant, but. I'd rather get it right once and not have to worry about it again. Though with head injuries, it's not really ever the case because once you get one, you're more susceptible to the second regardless of how much time you give, but you might as well just give more time. Like, there's no rush. I'd be stunned. I'd be stunned if he played tomorrow, Tuesday, today, Tuesday, depending on what day you listen. This yesterday, Tuesday, if you're a sicko and you're listening on a Wednesday. Um, it's just... I. I we, we talked about this on the stream last night. Never with Phil Hedl does he pick up an injury when he's in a cold spell. It's he never. only it, picks up the injuries when he's hot. Some of that, I'm sure, is when he's hot, he's feeling himself, he's more aggressive, he's putting himself in more dangerous situations. Oh, last night he was standing by the boards he was, after right. he'd passed the puck. It's not right. like he was in a dangerous situation. No, but it's the Hedl stuff. It, he never picks up an injury when he could use a day off. He always picks up an injury when we're starting to have the conversation of like, is Philip Hedl one of the four most important forwards the New York Rangers have? Because right now he is. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's actually not close. Panarin's been on a, an, a, an incredible run here with assists. and But Mika and Chris are, are right now not those players. Wow. Which is fine. first names for them. Look at you. Oh, we're, we're buds, you know? We have friendship bracelets that we all wear. Um, but on top of that, it's just... Philip Hedl is, is finally getting into the groove. It seemed like the boys to men line. It was really finally, well, not finally, but just getting the ice time they deserve and producing. All Kako, Kako Lafreniere, and Hedl have been producing in the last seven games. And this is the first time in like the entire time they've been on the team where it's not every single day you're seeing all over the internet, these kids are bust. They're not living up to their expectations. It's the first time you get to sit back and go, okay. They're finally coming into their own. They're clearly comfortable with themselves. And to be great in this league, and you know this, it's consistency. And that's what Henry Lundqvist did. That's what Sidney Crosby does. I mean, that's even like some of our rival are, are the best rival players do. I mean, Jack Hughes, he's become more consistent. 
where he brings that similar game every single night and you have to stop it. That's what's happening with Capococco, Lafreniere, and Heal right now. And it just absolutely sucks to high heaven that Philip Heedle's probably going to miss a couple weeks here uh, and hopefully come back just fine to continue that trend. Yeah, it's a bummer. I, what else can you say? What else can you say? I, it's Of all the Rangers that could pick up an injury, I think Heedle's the one where like you didn't want it to happen to him. And it's... It's unfortunate. It is funny. If he doesn't pick up that injury, I wonder if the conversation we're having on this week's podcast is, can the Rangers realistically keep Philip Edel? Uh That's a conversation <laughs> I think like our entire summer is going to be, so uh, yeah. I'm not worried about yeah. no. doing that. Because we said last summer, this is your team. You've got, buckle up. Since you signed Vincent Trocek to that deal, you have no space. Mm-hmm. And because the NHL is uh, poor or cries poor, they are going to only raise the cap allegedly by one million unless some of the big teams make deep runs. What a so that, that hurts the Rangers in a lot of ways. A lot of ways. And the Leafs. Team, team with money not allowed to spend money. Almost like a salary cap isn't that good of an idea. I don't know. $2.3 billion for the Rangers these days? Very mm. cool. Very cool. That's just uh, their, And that's just their listing price. Like, they'll get... If they go up for sale, it's three plus. I do think... And we've been talking about this in our insider chat for a bit. I do think Dolan does sell in the next, like, five years. But... I'm not sure he sells the Knicks. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> you think well, he say, he keeps both, or will he, would he ever sell just one? I think he would just sell one, and yeah, of course he would keep the Knicks because the Rangers, the Rangers, he can get three plus four. If you wanted to sell the Knicks, it starts at six. And I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like that's disgusting. The and it's Suns, true. The Suns are going for four plus. The Suns in Phoenix, four plus billion. With yeah, New York, New York City, New York the City team. Knicks. Like I, it doesn't matter. The Knicks haven't been successful. Like it's it starts with a six minimum when they go that, for sale. So you disgusting. don't just sell that team. The range, yeah. If he needs a quick cash infusion, I think it's more. I still think it's more likely he sells the television network first. As crazy as that sounds. Oh, like MSG. Yeah, like I think. Look, rich guys in New York all hang out together, and I think. Shocker. Rich guys uh, everywhere all hang out together. So Dolan not... Dolan isn't dumb, and he sees what the Mets Wilpon sale looked like, where the Wilpon sold the team before the network. And I think Dolan's like, well, now hold on, I think I'd rather sell the network first, get a couple billion there, start charging outrageous fees for broadcast rights, and then I'll see if I sell the team. Like if. If the Wilpons really wanted to keep the Mets and needed the money, they should have sold SNY. But they sold the Mets instead because they're idiots. Fair. I think they probably just also wanted out. Like, they don't want to be screamed at every single day of their lives anymore. Yeah, well, congratulations. I'm still fucking screaming at them. It's, <laughs> uh, it's just not on the our, same. On our feed, so speaking of, speaking of selling and buying, potentially, Ryan, this is called the transition in the mm-hmm. business. Uh, on the stream last night, I said that I would go down a rabbit hole and try to find oh, yes. the defenseman I want the Rangers to trade for. And it's a whole process I want to talk with you about because it's it's weird having this discussion on December 19th. It, it, too many teams are still thinking they're in the race to really have this talk. So here here's my list of teams that I think are completely dead. And you tell me if you would add any to this. Anaheim, San Jose, Chicago, Arizona, Montreal, Columbus, Philly. Those are the only teams that are dead. Nothing they can do, season's over. Like, totally dead. 
Right. Uh, like there's no scenario in which these teams are buying at the deadline. Flames could buy. I could see them buying. Well, that's why I didn't mention the Flames. I'm just I'm just mentioning other teams that I think could be on that potential. Well, we'll, and, we'll get we'll get to those teams in a second. I, I, okay. I'm simply asking you those seven teams. I agree with those seven teams. That is correct. So I looked through those seven teams' rosters and I found exactly four defensemen that potentially you could trade for. Uh, one of them we've talked about a bunch with our friend Josh. Kaflin in that uh, Dmitry Kulikov with Anaheim having a fine year doesn't really do anything though doesn't really excite me uh, the Rangers could run it back with Mr. Predictable Justin Braun from Philly if they so want it's just a fourth round pick it won't matter it's cheap they can make it happen there's he's only played seven games for the Sharks but Scott Harrington has been really good in his little cameo that he's gotten here doesn't make any money Probably will cost less than even Braun. But again, the sample size is so small and his track record is non-existent that Scott Harrington can turn into a pumpkin any day of the week. And it's not like if your goal was to bring in a guy, you're fine sitting every night. Scott Harrington's an interesting name. But if your goal is to bring a guy in who could move up and down the lineup in case of injury, that's not your dude. There's really only one guy, Ryan. And it's my friend, Vladislav Gavrikov, a name that you will fuck up 700 times. <laughs> I can't I can't even say it now. <laughs> uh, young young Vladdy, 27 years old, free agent at the end of the year, makes about $3 million and change. Um, having a tough year this year, but everybody on Columbus. This is, this is the one thing, especially with defensemen. If your defense was good, you'd be winning hockey games. You'd be scoring more than you're letting in. So it's hard to look at in-season stats for defensemen on bad teams. They're all going to be lower than you expect. So for this exercise, I looked at his years leading up to this. He was a really good hockey player to a point where the Columbus probably should have locked him up before they even got to this point in the scenario. Um, but he's it's a perfect trade where you probably don't have to give up a first, probably don't have to give up an A-level prospect, and you don't have to worry about re-signing him. Just pure rental him up. Allow him to go from bad situation to good situation, reestablish his market price, go into free agency, get that three-by-four contract that he's probably going to get. Everybody wins. Everybody's happy. It makes a lot of sense. And then after, after that, Ryan, like this gets into the conversation of teams that are bad now that do we know if they're selling. Like, is Vancouver going to sell? Is, Everyone's available except Elias Pettersson. But, like, are they going to sell? Is But, like... What benefit does Buffalo have to sell? Buffalo is, doesn't want to sell. They yeah, don't want to sell. So, anymore. like, are, are Lawrence Pilot and Kale Clegg interesting guys? Yeah, but does Buffalo need to trade them? Even if they're out of the race at the deadline, aren't they just happy that everything seems to be trending upward and they'll just keep rolling it back? Like, is yeah, Nashville, they want to build for the Nashville, future. They're not looking to tank. Is Nashville going to sell? Like, are they going to make Alexander Carrier available? And even if they do, he's a right-handed defenseman. Are the Rangers going to trade for a right-handed D and ask him to play on the left? Probably not. Like, Ottawa, are they going to sell? They kind of like infusing this veteran talent to help a young roster start to understand what it's like to win. Same thing with them. Are they going to trade Travis Hamanick, another right-handed defenseman? So, like, it's too early in this process to say the teams that are struggling now that are either young and on the upswing or just straight up underperforming like Calgary, Florida, Nashville. Are they really going to sell? 
And then the teams that are bad, like it really is just Gavrikov and nobody else. So, in other words, this is now a Vladdy Gavrikov podcast. And to be honest, you're what are you three for three on this shit? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, we, well, no, neither I don't of us. Was, I wasn't a neither big of us called last year. No, neither of us called Trocheck. We thought Trocheck was absolutely a zero percent chance because of the money. Yep, which didn't really make sense. And then once it happened, we. We found out that Drew just wants to win a cup at all costs in the next two, mm-hmm. three years. Mm-hmm. And we didn't see it as that. We saw it as a long-term Drury building, which was allow Philip Heedle to move up, get a one- or two-year replacement, and then have the cap space. That is now gone. Look, Brad's is fucking gone at this point. They're going to have to figure out ways to move cap space somehow, some way over the next two years, which is going to be very painful for the New York Rangers. So in this case, I think you've you've made a really good case but i do wonder if they end up going out and getting a forward first and then a defenseman second because i guess they could do both right this is what does he make well at the deadline it'll be lower than that but it's i think his average you know i could try to do this off memory or i could just bring up cap friendly why not do it straight off cap friendly why not i think it's in the threes um i mean that's very doable because they'll have like around six million dollars at the deadline uh 2.8 okay and then they can get like the Vetrano type right winger that they can find around for like three million or something like that. Yeah, because we we also had this we had this discussion on our stream last night too, and it's it's worth repeating on here. It's like everyone's saying the Rangers are a winger short, and I don't think we're doing enough to just say like this is a team that has Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, Vincent Trocheck, Alexei Lafreniere, Philip Hedl, Kapokako, Vitaly Kravtsov. And I'm saying they need more offense. Like this, to me, this is exactly the fucking the Met fans that think they need another power bat. It's like if that if those eight guys can't score goals for you at five on five, at some point you have to look at the system in which they're playing in because how in the fuck are those eight guys not producing enough for you offensively? Exactly. Uh- you know how Steph Curry in the NBA is an offense on his own? Yes. A- Adam Fox and Panarin are an offense on their own. I didn't it even mention matter. Adam Fox. I know. It doesn't even matter who's skating with them. You could put three people with them. It's like, okay, there's our offense. Like, that's how we do this. They'll they'll put them in spots to score. Great. Yeah. I just, I don't think we're doing it. Like, we're not being self-critical enough to say, like, oh, this team is a winger short. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Look at all these players that should be scoring 30-plus goals a year. And we need more offense? What's the real problem? We didn't, even here? Met, we didn't mention Braden Schneider just breaking out offensively in front of our eyes, and Keandre Miller having maybe the goal of the season versus the Flyers on Saturday. Yeah, right. Where Lager he just even shoots the puck now. I know it's crazy. And by the way, that Keandre goal where he goes coast to coast, falls, and is still three steps in front of people is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty good. If good I do skater, so by the myself. way. Um, no, can't at below average. <laughs> I did. I did like how he wrote an article. That goes things I was wrong about, and the Keandre picture was Keandre Miller. Miller. Man. <laughs> Couldn't smell that one out from the day he wrote the first article, though. Starting to think people listen to this show. Very he's, strange. I'm starting to think he's an idiot. Eh, well, he's eh, been on the show before. Eh, well, <laughs> Friend of the show. <laughs> we've had other idiots on the show, Ryan. Let me tell uh, you. Back yeah. was on. That's true. Two of them. Two of them will come on the show every week. Oh, that's fair. Fair. It is a. It is a conundrum. A conundrum, or rather, a gathering of idiots. Uh, Gaggle. So. A, yeah, a gathering. A gather. Gabbling. I can't speak. Jesus anyway. Jesus Christ. Uh, Rangers win versus the Flyers. They win versus the uh, Blackhawks. Blackhawks. Jesus Christ. Now, <laughs> now, now with Heedle out, I do believe 
Goodrow will move down to the third line and take his center spot at that point. I think Kravtsov just goes up, but there's no way Petty King does that, right? Oh, well, hold on. Speaking of Petty King, uh, I need to pat myself on the back. We went on OT on Thursday after that hockey game. We are referencing a lot of things that are not on this podcast. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, by the way, the stream, OT. We do a lot of shit, We do a lot of content. Uh, But on Thursday, I said, the only Petty move Gerard Gallant has left, and as I was trying to go through it, I believe my exact words were, oh my God, he's starting Halak against the Flyers. (laughs) <laughs> and he did. He, he did. did. And then he and then he benched Julian Gauthier, which not that Julian uh, Gauthier has been uh, a firecracker of, as of late, but he's better than Sammy Blay. Yeah. Anybody. Uh, the, hey, speaking of things that we could reference that weren't said on this year's podcast, I tweeted last night that the Jesus. Rangers. Are, <laughs> the, the, the Rangers. I did this. I the, tweet this. I thought I'd stream. It's an OT. Listen, buddy. I'm, I'm just slinging content. I know. PSG it's just funny. Things. I know how annoying it is as a listener. I know. It's I listen, so fucking annoying. But I, I did, listen to Bill Simmons where he does it. He, he talks all the about time. Like, all the it, time. Or like Cousin Sal. They're like, you know, hey, I was on Spotify Live last night. He's like, dude, there was 100 people there. Like millions of people listen to this fucking show. <laughs> what are we doing? But I did tweet out. I was like, the Rangers look so dangerous that even Sammy Blay is threatening to score a point. But hold on. Sammy Blay. So... Igor gets lit up at one point in that Blackhawk game. And Mika Zibanejad immediately flies to the corner to try to beat someone up. Sammy plays on the ice, and he's just like, do 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 going to try to go score a goal, do 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 He doesn't even have the puck. If, he, if you're Sammy Blay, you have one role on this team. I know the role he has on this team, because Sam and Joe tell me what his role is every fucking time he takes the ice, which is hit people. Be an enforcer. Be, be that... Rough sandpaper, nasty, gritty hockey player to play against. Be a pain. You're on the ice. Your goalie just got ran over. This is your this is your moment. This is your time. This is your chance to do the thing you are here to do. And what does Sammy Blay do? Just goes for a stroll. Has a good time. Just, just chills. Shit. Just chills. Hit a guy, dude. Hit what, a guy. I, I, what is what is it you say you do here? Sam? It doesn't make sense. I, I know. I, I, he's the only thing I can be critical about right now. It's. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I can be critical about Ben Harper and Gerard Gallant still. Sure. Yeah. Can. I mean, of course, Petty King. He, but back to my point. Goodrow will move down to that Heedle spot in center. So I think they go back to the original top six, which is probably the best way to do this, which is the Kreider, Mika, Kako line, and then Panarin, Trocheck, Lafreniere going back to the right wing situation. And maybe that's unfair to Lafreniere. I don't know. Maybe he's more, I, more comfortable. With I don't left see a wing. scenario. I really don't. Gerard Gallant. So there are two. He ways knows to what look at works this. before. Like that worked in the first ten games. Que- Why que- wouldn't you go back to that? Question: Does he? Great question. <laughs> great, great. question. So Gallant, Gallant's in a tough situation here, Ryan. Uh, that's fascinating from our perspective to watch. On one hand, he he has to admit he's wrong. In one of the two scenarios. So we need to think of the scenario where he doesn't have to admit he's wrong. Scenario number one, he goes back to the top six he had earlier in the year. Kako on line one, Lafreniere on the right wing line two. Those lines worked. They looked good. He'd have to admit it was wrong to break those lines up. That's a tough thing for him to admit. I can't see that happening. Second scenario, he would have to move Goodrow down to play between Lafreniere and Kako. But that means promoting Vitaly Kravtsov. So he'd have to admit he's wrong on that front too. Now, here's a scenario in which he admits he's right. He moves Goodrow down. Or not even down, because the, the, the boys to men is essentially line two right now. 
It so is. And, good, and, and hey, credit one. to Goodrow because it's time to do that. He's made some amazing plays over the past couple weeks. Sure. Like, just like amazing passes, nice jobs. That's it. Uh, Goodrow slides down line to centers the, 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 the uh, you know, makes a dream come true. Two, just want to be with you. Three, is it plain to see that only you're the only one for me? That's what wow. Michael Goodrow is going to say to Alex Lafreniere and Capacaco. Uh, but so he moves Kravtsov up. And if Kravtsov doesn't play well, he gets to walk into Drury's office and say, you dumb fuck, I told you so. So I think the scenario he's going to go with is Goodrow down, Kravtsov up, Goche back in, and then and he, gets, he roots for it to fail. <laughs> he <laughs> so hopes he, they lose so to the Penguins. So he can put Goodrow back. So he can put Goodrow back up there and force um, Drury to recall Carpenter. That's... That is Gallant's dream. Carpenter's back. So much drama on this team. I feel yeah. like we there the other other coverage doesn't get into the drama the way we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're two we're two petty bitches that That's understand it. pettiness I'm when just, it slaps just, us in the face. I want to get in the dirt and rub in the mud. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think in Pittsburgh it'll be top line Kravtsov. because again, world class liar says he knows the perfect lines and knows Kravtsov can't be on the fourth one. Also, wow. I also just Amazing. want to apologize to Glant's wife because she definitely listens to this. And I want to say hi. How <laughs> yeah, are you? Hi. Thank What's you for listening. What's Gerard like at the home? Does yeah. he say, do you ask him to do the dishes? He says he was, will. And then three you, days do later, you ask him if was dinner nice and he lies to your face? <laughs> do, you, do you ask him to put the toilet seat down and he says he'll change and will do it? And every time you fall in the toilet? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Uh, let's do some five-star questions. Uh, there's only a couple this week. Uh, so this is from our friend. If you want to leave a five-star question, go to Patreon. Go to our Discord oh, channel. Leave Referencing more questions. things that people don't Referencing know Referencing more garbage that doesn't happen on this show, but I do read them. <laughs> uh, Ryan C. yelled at me because I skipped his question last week. But then I yelled at him because for, and explained why we skipped it. So you can skip it again. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> you did? I didn't see where you did it. Yeah, I did it um, in the discussion. I, he, had, uh, he asked, why aren't we talking about, was it Lafreniere's production? Yeah, Lafreniere's I said, because production. I disagree with your take that he's not producing. That's why I, we skipped it. And since then, he has produced in, in a large, how about a large fashion, but he started how, to produce in ways he should be producing. How about that? Uh, Ryan, thank you for supporting us. Matt M. asks, is this team good? We're not there yet. We are getting there, but we're not there yet. Well, let's, clearly... let's, play, let's play this game again. I think we played it last week, but it's worth playing one more time. Let's go through these seven wins and say the times we feel like the Rangers actually played really well. Uh, we would say last night, the Ra- like I felt good after last night's game. Rangers, right? that, was a, that was a that was an over, so Rangers won that one handedly. Right. This is Mike and the Mad Dog and Chris Russo right here. Did you feel good after beating Philly 6-3? I guess all things considered, with Halak and Ned, I felt fine. Yeah, I felt fine. I thought those were those were two good wins against bad teams. Easy. Did you feel good after beating the Leafs three to one, or is that kind of just like another Fugazi game? I actually it- thought that was the best game the Rangers played over the. It, despite the Leafs doing everything they can to make the Rangers suffer in that game, they didn't allow them, and it was the first game the Rangers, or the first game the Maple Leafs lost in like fifteen games. So I have that as a as a quality win. And did you feel good after that 4-3 win against the Devils? Did everything no. seem... To- no, sir. No. I didn't feel good against about even, even though the Rangers beat the Broken Golden Knights 5-1, I didn't feel good about that game. I didn't feel good about beating the Broken Avalanche 2-1. And I didn't feel good about beating the Devils 4-3 So we could all. say the Rangers are trending upwards where at least two of the last three games, we can say the Rangers felt good and looked much the better team. But the next 
six games are literally hell. It's well, the, si- Pen- the seven games before this were literally hell. No, they were. There were some broken teams. It is. It is Penguins, Islanders, Capitals, Lightning, Panthers, Hurricanes. Yikes! That is woof. That is a that that is a stretch that is very very strong. And mm-hmm. if you're happy to get six. No, you're you expect six points. You're happy to get eight in that six in that six game stretch. Uh, I'm now expecting twelve. So. Wow. Wow. I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Goliant. Goliant, we said in order for him to keep his job, he can't lose anymore. <laughs> Motherfucker, don't lose. I'm all I'm saying. Devils aren't winning these days. That's fun. Um, yeah, Brett, you know the Devils aren't winning because Brett Pack's back on his shit saying the del- kids aren't good. Deleting his tweets. Very nice. Oh, yeah, uh, it makes you think. Uh, this is from Nick. Who does True behind the cup to? Is it Kreider, Benajet, or Fox? Don't count your chickens. This is from Brettley. Does Messi sign with a front-running PL team to try and win one more major trophy? He doesn't have. No, he no. signs with Inter Miami, and yeah. I will go to the game. Yeah, he's getting paid like I think Saudi Arabia is paying him fifty million dollars a year to just say nice things about Saudi Arabia, and then yeah, I, he's retired. He, he's good. There's we don't appreciate guys who go out on top. I don't think it would be Tom like, Brady should have retired. <laughs> well, it, now, it was over, and now he can't. So uh, he's got to keep playing for alimony. But yeah, Messi. No, he's not. I don't know. I don't know why Messi and like what team would he even go to? He wouldn't play on the top teams, and it's not like this is the, the crazy thing to me is the best goalkeeper in the world apparently plays for Aston fucking Villa. Like, what are we? Do, what? Why can't professional soccer organizations figure out goalies? Why don't because well, goalies have, are weird? They're they're weird even in the NHL. They're it's fucking hard, it's, weird. It's like impossible to scout them. But yeah, fucking Emmy Martinez plays for goddamn Aston Villa. Couldn't get starts at Arsenal. Like, what's going on? What what happened? Very strange. Uh, final question from Blue Gunner. It was there. Are the Rangers good again? What's the bar? We kind of talked about that already, but he said also just wanted to put a, a wanted sign out for the owner of the Heedle Voodoo doll. Whoever you are, stop it. <laughs> I agree. We talked about Philip Heedle and his. He's not. He's not injury prone. He's he's not that, which is so funny. Like there is injury prone players, and I don't believe Philip Heedle is an injury prone player. He's just strictly unlucky. I don't know head head injuries. Like, we've had this discussion before, where like if you keep breaking bones, that's not injury prone. That's unlucky. If you keep having back injuries or deep tissue injuries or muscle injuries, that's injury proneness. I think I'd put head injuries in the injury proneness category because it's just it's easier to get your next one after you've had your first one and And he's had and they all compound and get worse yeah so i can't sit here and say he's not injury prone it's just i don't want it to sound like it's his fault he's injury prone like it's not his fault he got concussed the first time but once you get that first one it's for lack of a better term it's just going to keep happening miserable all right, let's get to our dear friend Drew. We'll transition over there, and we'll see you in just a second. Transition. <laughs> we're back. We have our good friend. We were recording beforehand. Well, we have our good friend Drew Way, local prospect expert and holiday enthusiast. Drew, how are you? Holiday enthusiast. That's a new one. I'm good. How are you guys? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, new York Rangers won, have won seven in a row. It's changed my mood significantly. I still don't think the team is um, all there just yet, but things are going hunky-dory. I still think Galant is, is extremely spiteful um, <laughs> and, and maybe one of the most petty people I, I've, ever, I've ever followed. But I can't blame him at the same time. His job's on the line, so why wouldn't he be petty? I would be petty. I get it. I totally understand. So would what do you, you think? I guess we'll wait, start with would Galant. You, would, if you, hold on. No, no, no. No, let's decompress something here. 
Your job's on the line. Someone's threatening to fire you, and that's when you get petty. At my old well, job, I did get petty. Well, now you weren't, gonna, you weren't well, being you weren't being threatened to be fired. No, I wasn't. You were, you I was were being too promoted. good for where you were working. <laughs> yeah, I was being promoted constantly. <laughs> what I what I was going to say is like I've been listening to you guys. I've been friends with you guys for years and years at this point, and you're sitting here on a podcast with Greg. Claiming that Gallant is one of the most petty people you know. Fair, okay. Fair. I said that I covered. I work uh, okay. with Greg. Greg is. Fair. This is why Greg is an expert at calling out Gallant at because it's he's the teacher. He can call. We out speak. The we we speak the same language. We went yeah. to the same school. It, it never ceases to amaze me the things that Greg recalls from like years and years ago that he can bring up and just again be like, fuck you, guy. Oh, don't spite Greg. It's the worst thing ever. And like he'll bring it up and hold it for the rest of his life. It's like it's over. Um, I, where, listen, where do you I stand have, in Glenn I have a brand Andrew? I need to uh, recommend. Re- re- totally. uh, keep. I yes. think that's the word I was looking Speaking for. Speaking fucking hard. Drew, where do you stand in Glenn currently? I mean, I, I stand now where I've always stood on him, and he's a decent NL, NHL coach, but this is said with the understanding that I think most NHL coaches are terrible. Um, like, he, he, he's a good uh, players coach. Like, he's good at the whole, like, rah-rah, motivate, like, get your guys to want to play for you thing, but he's poor tactically. I said this the day he was hired, and nothing has happened to change my mind on that. On uh, on 32 Thoughts today as well, on top of stealing our, our thunder from boys to men, they did mention how Glant is an analytically poor coach, uh, to which we talked about earlier in the show of uh, no shit. It's just like, well, if you're 6'6 and you're huge, he's going to love you. I'll say this, though. Like, at least he publicly recognizes, like, like the other day, it was like a week or two ago, I think Vince asked him about something with analytics and the, or the public data. And he at least, like, acknowledged the fact that they look at the public data, then spoke a little bit about their internal data and how it differs. I mean, that's way better than... Than Quinn or Tortorella, who just be data's for nerds. Well, so, I, like... <laughs> I, th- I think when we when Drury took over, we were under the impression that everything would be locked up, and it was. Drury is super locked up when it comes to mm-hmm. information. Um, but I do think this organization, at least Gallant's coaching staff and Gallant, are really bad at hiding how they feel through actions. They, I mean, that, they, that's they're totally terrible. True. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I would argue, you know, and just like. You know, to play this game, like I would say most hockey men are that way. And, and Gerard Gallant absolutely is a hockey man. And so I think that's par for the course of what you get with this sport. Um, but like just, you know, again, if you, we want a little bit of a silver lining here, like uh, I was encouraged by the fact that Gallant at least, you know, acknowledged the fact that they look at that and consider it in like, you know, the calculus of the decisions they're making. Whereas the previous Rangers coaches, whether it's Vigneault, or, you know, Quinn or Tortorella just openly shit on analytics all the time, which is the dumbest thing to do. So you sound like one of those 12-year-old, you know, burner accounts that constantly troll Ryan all the time. Like the five <laughs> of them constant. that are definitely all the same person just cycling it's through the burners. Maybe yeah, two. Maybe two. But, uh, it is crazy. I'm not going to talk about them anymore because they just constantly harass me. But I do want to give Gallant one more piece of credit because there was a quote, which I thought was the most self-aware quote he's had. I think it was last week as well when he talked to Molly. And he said, you know, I don't want to shuffle the lines the way I have. Like, I'd like to find something that works, but we just hadn't just yet. And since well, then, he's, he's kept it serious. Well, yeah, okay, but if we're going to give him credit for that, then we also have to shed him for saying, I know what the perfect lines are and I'm choosing not to use them. <laughs> Fair well, that, that was the second half of that quote. And, and you also have to... You know, discredit him for like it takes more than a couple periods to understand if a line works together. Like anyone that thinks you can throw a line together in a period later, know whether or not it works is an idiot. And so he's almost self-admitting that like, yeah, I don't have the fucking patience to actually play this out to see if it'll work. He doesn't. 
Uh, <laughs> clearly. Because uh, if he knows the perfect lines and he wants to play them, and I think that's another one I, of those those shots at, at Drury, isn't it? Where it's like, hey, I can play the perfect lines, but I'm not allowed to. Uh, I mean, is it a shot at Drury? I, I just know that. Listen, like, I'm a manager at work. Like, my job is to manage a bunch of people similar to, like, what a coach is. But then I also have a boss I report to. Like, if my boss started trying to micromanage me and telling me how I should deploy my team, I'd tell him to eat something that I'm not about to say right now. You know, like, so I don't <laughs> necessarily. public, yes. Right. So I don't necessarily blame Drury for not, not wanting to micromanage. Like, it's. If you get to the point where the GM is telling the coach, this is how you should be deploying the roster and the lines, then just fire the coach. Yeah, that's, I I mean, we've talked about this on the show too. Like, if you're at the point where a coach reaches the point where he has to win to keep his job, that means you're really just looking for one more excuse to confirm the decision you've already made. So you should probably just make the call already. But to the, since we're making fun of the, I know the perfect lines line. Vince followed up with it and deserves like the clarification. I what Gallant was saying is that Kravtsov isn't up to game speed to be playing in the line that Gallant thinks he will best produce at, and I can understand that if not for the fact that the reason he's not up to game speed is Gerard Gallant's fault. So yeah, it's he's like been eating too much popcorn of late, right? So it's like yes, I, I know what Gallant is saying in in, in saying that he doesn't want to just throw. Crafts off to the wolves, but like the fact that he's not ready for that is not Kravtsov's fault. It's the coach's fault. Uh, what I would love is Glenn to be like, do you know what would be the perfect lines if we had this Pavel Buchnevich guy to play in the top line oh, right wing? That would be <laughs> sick. I would okay. There, there's been a lot of pettiness, but if he dropped a, a Booch reference, it would be over. That, like, that's that just happy me being petty. You know what it is? It's, I, I'm over, long over that trade, but like the resurgence of people going out of their way to yell at people about like even casually referencing the fact that play sucks. Like it's just like it's it's reemerged the pettiness in me over that trade. Um, Raiders have I, no like, money now. Like I know yeah, the booch contract is good. Let's get over. Yeah. Like I get that, but it was no, and it, we've reiterated. I mean, it, it's yeah, salary, as you, you guys have said this. Like it was a trade of necessity in terms of like they needed to shit salary. It was just a stupid return they got. And, yeah, yeah, I don't. They thought they had I don't yeah, I don't blame. <laughs> Jesus, I'm not going. They did. But, they thought. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But it's <laughs> the po- main point being, like, I don't think like the the joke where he says like I know the perfect lines. But there's no perfect lines of this team. Like the team is, I, I is blatantly missing one more kind of like really impactful right now right winger in my opinion, and, and they're also missing a, an actual bottom you know at least one defenseman as well i think we can all agree you know we, we think that in the future certain guys might do well but right now it's like i, I don't know about that but it's there's uh, no perfect lines right now drew there's, drew for one boys to men perfect line two boys, <laughs> two I, perfect I, line I that's been this, getting shelled pretty poor pretty badly at most nights that's, but <laughs> hey that's that's enough out of you stop trying to rain on my parade i've outscored their opponents just saying yeah, they have, like, yeah. All right. It just, if they're giving up 112 points per 100 possessions, that's fine. They're scoring 123. That's called the basketball, basketball podcast games. now. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> the, the Knicks have won seven in a row, man. We got to give them credit. But something bad's uh, got to happen, then, right? The Knicks and Rangers uh, can't be both winning like this. That's why well, it's the so je- weird. The Jets, the Jets suck. So we're well, back. That, we're fine. Yeah, but no one cares about the Jets that actually knows. Some people care right? about the Jets, Drew. Yeah, all right. Big, I don't big, know how to tell you this. Big, big Lou you're, cares about the Jets. That's about it. You're, you're, you're taking away from my point. I said this earlier <laughs> in the show. I'm going to repeat it for you since you weren't around earlier in the show. Uh, I, I am officially tired of hearing the Rangers need another forward narrative. I, I'm out. 
fuck this. If a team built the way the Rangers are built are still a forward short, that is an insult to Panarin, Zibanejad, Kreider, Kako, Lafreniere, Hedl, Kravtsov, Trocek. That, you just named a bunch there. of guys that play Saturn left wing. That's fine. Like, that's enough. <laughs> I, 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 like, this team's winning with Barclay Goodrow. I'm fucking... I, I am tired of them. If you want to go out and get this year's version of Frank Vetrano, I'm here for it. Go out, yeah. get your mercenary, get your high-shooting, one-tool pony, do it up. I'm all for it. But the people being like, this team is an impact forward short... Shut up! Nah. Like, this yeah, team has so fucking I'm, many! I'm with you. The team is a... Uh... Vitaly Kratzoff away. If, if like we're being serious, like you plug Kratzoff, you know, get him game ready or whatever the bullshit narrative is you want to say. Get him in the top nine, and then all of a sudden your top nine on the right is Kratzoff and Kako, and it, that looks a lot better than having VZ and Goudreau both in the top nine. Well, VZ's sure. a per like dude. Let's be honest, he's a perfect third liner this year. You know, he's awesome. Yeah, he is, and like you know, I, I've. Love my game score stuff, and I tweeted out after every win. And like VZ, last I checked, was sixth on the entire team in average. He's been, he's been incredible. Yeah, Jimmy VZ has been really good. And there's honestly, like you said, he plug him in on the third line. That's that's good. And Gautier, honestly, has been really good too. I don't understand how why he all of a sudden fell out of favor. Like he's done well. He's produced. We can tell you, like he was told to play crafts off, and then well, um, sure. (laughs) So the fact that the fact that it was okay, plug him in for Gautier instead of. Insert your plug well, of choice that they look like. But Drew, Drew, didn't you already make the point where, like, all right, so Drury doesn't want to micromanage the entire way and set the entire lineup and simply right. just said you I'm have criticizing to criticizing Galan, not in. Drury. I'm, I'm criticizing Galan, not Drury there. <laughs> I know, but I'm, you're asking how so. It's it's because if Drury – Drury knows what the perfect lines are, too, and they don't involve Sammy Blay, but the problem is Sammy right. Blay is Gerard Galant's wet dream. So that's yeah. why he's going to keep staying in the lineup. Is he Galant's wet dream or is he Jerry's wet dream? Is Galant the no, one that traded? Galant's wet. A French Canadian, a French Canadian boy who hits hard. That is that is Gerard Galant to a D. Yeah, that's what he wants Lafreniere to be. Right, it's but at the same time, like you know, Galant's Jerry's <laughs> uh, the one that was like, oh, let me take this really talented top liner and trade him for Sammy yeah, fucking Blay. I know. Blay. I, know. No, I, I think the problem is you don't that think both you, of them love him. But you don't think that you don't think. All right, let's play. Let's play out this scenario. Jerry in his head is has Eichel. And he needs to unload Buchnevich. And he thinks the price on Buchnevich is low because it's a player that is not under contract and seeking an extension. So you don't think Drury, who had just hired Gerard Gallant, wasn't trying to identify players that fit Gallant's system and isn't taking advice from Gallant and who that player might be? And if Drury is going to get his big ticket item that is a Drury toy, he doesn't want to buy something from the discount shelf to please his coach? Sure, but this all comes back to Drury's a fucking idiot for doing all that under the assumption that he was definitely getting Eichel without that. Well, no, no shit, Drew. We're talking about <laughs> we're talking about guys in the NHL, not guys in fucking NBA. Like, of Did course, Sammy we're Blay, talking about should, idiots. Could Sammy Blay be in the NHL? Ooh. That one will really well, piss off the Ryan lovers. The <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Sammy Blay is good enough. I like I I haven't seen a lot this year from Sammy Blay. I think he's been. Strictly, well, I know. Like, I think Libor has done more at points. I just know someone on Twitter is desperately to see you naked who has the handle of something <laughs> like Blay is better than Buchnevich. So. I don't. I, it's whatever. I don't. It's, I get it. I deal with these people all day long. Oh, it's my crazy. God. But it's, a- anyway. It's, it's not like Sammy Blay is like, he's, he's not. He's I, I tell an you awful what. player. Yeah, he's no, coming no, back from an ACL. Uh, he has whatever. potential to be like a solid fourth liner. Coming he's back, definitely back from that. The- 
come in, last I checked, your ACL doesn't impact having stone hands, but that's neither here nor yeah, there. Yeah, well, Dryden um, Hunt, you know, he could stay yeah. too. Now well, he's a life, so. Yeah, um, I, I will say this. Like, we've been sitting here kind of like having fun, poking fun at all this stuff, but like, you know what? they're on a seven game winning streak. They're certainly playing better. One of the big reasons why they're playing better is for the first. 15, 20 games of the season, Keandre Miller flat out wasn't that good. Everyone coming into this year, I get it was cute, like Fitz and them having like the agenda and oh, Miller's a Norris candidate. That that was batshit crazy. And it was funny, but like some people actually believed it. But he's been playing great the last 15 or 20 games. Jacob Truba, the popular whipping boy of the team, has been playing much better the last few games. And then, you know, Fox is Fox. Lingren's back and healthy and playing really well. And Dude, this Fox team is has ridiculous. Now, like, yeah, he, he's, I, he's absolutely ridiculous. He's Anyone, anyone who him. thinks he's not a top three defenseman in the NHL either just hates the Rangers or is out to lunch. But, um, yeah, no, this team, you know, they're playing much better, and it's largely... The defense is playing a lot better, and Igor is starting to round back into shape. He Schneider was, too, by the way. Like, yeah, Schneider's been, been good. Yeah, and again, a lot of these defensemen were bad to start the season. Like, you look at a lot of the data and stuff. When the you know the Rangers' defense in particular was outside of Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren were not good for like the first twenty or so games of the season. They've been much much better of late. I don't know if they're just playing better, if they're healthier, if the coaching staff has done something, if it's all of the above. But this team's playing much better because the defense is actually playing up to what they should be, and Igor is rounding into shape. Igor was literally a god last year. He was had a literal historic season last year. Then he went to just fine this year, and the power play came back to earth, and the team was dog shit. But now everything's rounding back into shape, and I mean, are they a legitimate cup contender? Probably not, but like, they're definitely a legitimate playoff team now, I'd say. Well, Drew, it's... Oh, uh, you're wrong, Greg. Yeah, it's it, it's your favorite time of year, Drew, which is my least <laughs> favorite time of year, and that's World Junior season. <laughs> uh, Othman is playing for the Rangers, obviously, mm-hmm. for Team Canada. Now, this is a very limited tournament with very limited options and very limited viewpoints any human being should glean from said tournament. <laughs> right. With that said, is, is there something we should be watching for from Othman that will make us go, ooh, ah, cool, great, fun, grand? Yeah, honestly, Othman has been mailing it in for a lot of the season, which which sounds crazy because he's still, at least you know, on his former team, he was still producing at a high level. Then he got traded, and his production came down a bit, which you know, some are writing off to like, oh well, now he's on a better team with more producers, so like his production can come down. But like a friend of all of ours that are talking right now, who is very very well sourced with NHL agents and with particularly with prospects, literally told me that. Brendan Othman has admitted that like he's pretty much mailing it in this season because his focus is on the NHL and doesn't want to get hurt and to risk anything like that. And so what I'm looking forward to is, is he going to, for this World Junior Tournament, turn it on and start to dominate again? Seems like he has. I, I saw some of the clips of the hits he's already yeah, laid. It's like, okay, last... seems like he's playing. <laughs> but he was, if, if you watched him the last, honestly, month or so, like you can tell he's he's a very talented player and therefore that'll allow him to continue to rack up points, but he, he's been coasting for a lot of the year. Um, but it seems like something must have happened of late to kind of light a fire under his ass a bit. But I mean, Othman's a really good player who is the type of player that all Ranger fans will love, will love because he not only is skilled and has a lethal shot, but he also hits hard and, you know, insert any you know old cliche about trying hard and team first and all that stuff. Like Othman is like the prototypical player that Ranger fans will fall in love with. Um uh. 
Yeah. Really, uh, really, really makes you think that maybe, just maybe, this fucking CHL agreement can eat shit. Yeah, maybe. no, ser- seriously. It's, I mean, speaking of which, you know, uh, speaking of the CHL and various agreements and stuff like that, you know, Adam Sikora is going to be heading over to the CHL, you know, according to, you know, Ryan's best friend, uh, Jeff Merrick. Je- Jeff Merrick. So we're best friends. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I talk to him all the time. He's where he gets all his information from. So continue. Yeah. I, but, uh, Adam Soroka, you said his name was? <laughs> I, 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 you're unbelievable. I swear to God. I did um, that on purpose. That was on purpose. <laughs> sure you did. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he, he's heading over to the CHL. And it, it, I'll be interested to see kind of how he responds too. I mean, especially because... I'm curious as to what role the whole fact that he got into a brawl, you know, over in Europe and was having police charges brought against him and half his damn team plays in a plays a role in coming over here right now. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he plays on this, you know, on the North American ice surface with this more, you know, North American. He's, style he's also game. three years away plus, right? I, I mean, yeah, he's still raw. I mean, he's talented, and again, he's got the motor and a lot of the, you know, it, what I just said about Offman. Like he's talented, but also has the grit and the motor and all that. But well, he, Offman's he's on still the team a, next year. Like that's a lock, at least in my yeah. opinion. Is it? I mean, look at oh, the yeah. roster now. Who's look at the the? I mean, someone's got to go for that to happen. And the Rangers don't have a plethora of UFAs that they can just jettison to. The only reason Offman's on is because he's going to make no money and he's going to be talented. So they're going to find a way to to play him instead. Instead of, of who? Some, instead, instead of who of in the some, top nine? I don't think I don't even know if he's going to play top. I guess he'd be well. Galan's well on record if I don't want to play kids in the bottom. Can, uh, can the we even fourth. a f- serious question? And I know this is way too soon to talk about. Can mm-hmm. the Rangers afford Jimmy VC? Uh, I mean, if that's the answer of who you want to jettison, fine. But if you're I don't want to jettison, game, I'm just I'm asking a serious like, could uh, they legitimately afford him? I don't know could, if they could. could. They yes, but uh, a lot of the answers of what can the Rangers afford next year comes down to Ryan Lingren, which I know a lot of people don't want to talk about. But um, but I mean the. Projected next year, the top three right wingers are: you got Kako, you got Kratzoff. Um, you know, like, <laughs> I think it's cute. You think Kratzoff is going to be here next year? I mean, if he performs well, I mean, we—I think it's clear Drury wants him here, and he's <laughs> yeah. the one making the decisions. Well, so. let's just say if there, there, there might come a day where there's a choice between the coach and the player, and both of them might not be here. That's a good point. <laughs> That—that's a good point for sure. But I mean, Othman, I, I say what like he. I think it's a mistake to assume he would definitely succeed next year at the NHL. I mean, he's still like very young and not big. Like he's nineteen, he's six foot, and I think he's like one hundred seventy five pounds sopping wet. Like it's. Uh, I mean, I'm the first one to be like, "Hey, talent should win out," and this and that. But like, when you're a guy who one of your calling cards is your physicality, and you're a twig, like, <laughs> how are you going to be able to do that against NHL players? It's, so I do caution people from thinking he can just plug in and be successful immediately at the NHL level unless you know I hook him up with an old steroid dealer and start pumping that with him I just can't I can't believe you're accusing Brandon Othman of not hitting puberty yet that's a brave take (laughs) (laughs) he's a good lad he'll get there uh he's got a couple I I think he's gonna at least have a legitimate shot in camp no no doubt I mean absolutely He, he absolutely should and he's got the talent for it but he I just he, he's someone again one of his calling cards is his physicality and his grit and all that and it's like the dude is a twig right now still like he needs to put on some serious strength if he wants to be able to 
you know, continue with the physicality at the NHL level. Like he's not Will Cooley. Like Will Cooley is a man in terms of his body already right now. Like he's someone that you can e- easily plug into the bottom, the uh, the fourth line next year, and you can see that happen. Um, Gustav Rydal is someone that you can plug in right now. That's in Hartford that could absolutely play his game and all that. Again, like Othman, again, Lou Giordano, I'm sure, is listening. Like, Lou, hook him up with some of the steroids you're taking and make sure that Othman uh, <laughs> <laughs> makes the Jesus NHL next Christ. year. All the shots. <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't know what Lou did to deserve that. but uh, Lou, Lou, Lou knows I love him, and it's a constant <laughs> joke between him and I. Jesus. All right, all right. I mean, the arms are big. It just does make you think. All right, and, he had, um, and, the, and the hair is gone, and I think that's a side effect. So. And the growth got- was stunted. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Lou's going to pop up this podcast. Like, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. Lou's driving to work right now. He's like, what? <laughs> I love Lou. I hope everyone understands. I, I adore Lou. And the only reason That's... I'm making these comments is I, I would never make fun of someone like this unless they're either just a complete asshole or I like him a lot. So that that's my style. Well, that makes sense. Ask Ryan. Sense. Ryan, how, how much uh, Trust I me. Fun I'm aware. If my, I'm aware. And if my dad could read my tweets, he'd understand. Oh too. my god! But he has no idea I, exist, I was so. I was I was walking my dog before this podcast, and I was like, "Oh, I should ask Ryan what he's getting his dad for Christmas." Like, fuck you, man! Like, fuck you. A, gal- a gallon of milk because that's what he was on his way to get. Jesus. Oh, it was a, it was a pack of cigarettes and a six pack, Greg. Relax. Oh, um, sounds okay. like a terrible country song. <laughs> well, so, so in other words, it just sounds like a country song. Yes. Oh, right? wow. Everyone's yes, taking L's right now. <laughs> Country, my dad, Lou. All right. Um, fr- moving on from here, the Rangers have an incredibly hard six-game stretch coming up with uh, the Islanders, the Penguins, Carolina Hurricanes, a couple other teams. Uh, I think those are legitimate teams and legitimate challenges for them. How do you see them faring o- over at least the next two months here? I mean, it's going to come down to can the defense continue to do well? Can we still get some of that depth scoring we've been getting from, you know, as you referenced earlier, the kid line's producing right now. Boys um, to men. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You're right. The boys <laughs> to men line is producing right now. B2M. Um, Tro- Trocheck's starting to look better. Like, the, the depth is looking better. The defense is looking better. Igor's rounding into form. If all these things are real, I expect at least four wins in the next six games. If it's a mirage, then we'll know pretty quickly, right? Um, the Islanders in particular, even when they're bad, they play us well. And I, I think that Islander game will tell us a lot about not just like the ability of the team, but like the mental makeup of the team. Because the Islanders just seem to be able to get into our heads no matter who's on the roster. Well, it's because they got J.G. Pajot specifically. Uh, <laughs> Drew, I wasn't, I wasn't done talking about some children. So I want to mm-hmm. take your temperature on yeah. some of the guys. Specifically, you mentioned Will Cooley. Yeah. So I'd, I'd like, so I'd like your take on whether he could play, when I say meaningful, it's just like, I know he can do everything Sammy Blay is doing now, but better. But mm-hmm. should he be a realistic option for the bottom six? Same thing goes for Bobby Trevino. And also, if your opinion from the start of the season till now has changed on Zach Jones, all things considered. Yeah, all good questions. I would say the first person I'm giving a shot at the NHL roster right now is Gustav Riedel. Like, I, I legitimately think that he, he's a really good player. He does everything the Rangers need, everything you'd want in a fourth-line center. And, I, you know, the fourth-line center spot's been kind of a revolving door for most of the season. So he is the person in Hartford that I'd first look to, to perhaps call up if you're looking for something different. But, yeah, Will Cooley has done really, really well with Hartford. Um, and, and, again, he's, I mean, Cooley's something like what? He's like 6'3", 6'4", 200-plus pounds. Like, uh, he's got a bomb of a shot he can play in front of the net right now and his that's his game he's to agitate play in front of the net and be 
relatively reliable defensively. I think he's a little bit overrated in that sense, but I, I think he could play in the NHL right now, especially considering some of the options who've been up there. Um, Zach Jones, yeah. My, I, I, you know, I, I would say I don't think my opinion's changed on him because my opinion going into the season, what he, he wasn't as, I don't want to say wasn't as good, but wasn't as NHL-ready as most fans seem to think. Um, he isn't, I mean, I said it earlier in the city before the season, like he's not nearly as good as Niels Lundqvist, but because of his handedness, he was given this opportunity and I stick by that. And I think the results of how Jones did with the Rangers compared to, you know, how Lundqvist has done. And I, I mean, he's not lighting the world on fire with Dallas, but I think he's proven he's an NHL player. Um, and I mean, listen, like you, my whole shtick is I love these prospects. I love them graduating and succeeding and all this like Jones is bad like there's no way to sugarcoat it he was not good on the Rangers and you can make the, all the excuses in the world about the pairing with him and Schneider and the different players that they tried pairing with him but he was not good and very much deserved being demoted I understand that our replacement options for him suck and that's where a lot of the criticism comes of sending him down but just like in a vacuum Zach Jones did not deserve to stay with this team and then Bobby Trevino, where do you stand on him? I mean, I stand like he, he's been decent. I know you I stand you, you stand taller than him, but like where do you <laughs> yeah, stand so on your opinion? I think of even him? Ryan stands taller than him. Um, <laughs> My baby. <laughs> but no, I mean, he's. I think he's. He hasn't like blown the doors off the hinges in in the AHL, but he's been fine. He he's not the first or even second player I'd be calling up right now if they needed help. But I still think he's got an NHL future. I still think. You know, I think I said in the offseason that, like, a very lazy comparison is, is c- kind of comparing him to Zuccarello in terms that he's got some of the play milking. Play, play milking, Jesus Christ. Play milking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you can tell I got a two-month-old at home. I mean, he's got the play making. He's got the grit. He's got the just absolutely no fear. He is the kind of player that would go up to Dan Chara and attempt to face wash him if he could reach him. Um, but I don't. To be honest, I don't think he's done enough to really be like, oh, my God, we have to call this guy up right now. Um, I think he's been good. I think he's showing uh, that he's becoming more comfortable at the AHL level and, and definitely has an NHL future. But I'm not, like, sitting here criticizing the team for him still being in the AHL right now. Amazing. Uh, my last question for children, or I, Greg mm-hmm. asked most of them, but my only question really is, is Matthew Robertson a year away? I think so. I yeah. think he's going to be legitimately very important for the new. Yeah, and I, I think he's very good this year. I, I think he's. I mean, granted, like I'll be completely candid. Like I haven't watched Hartford as much as I have in the past. Like the past couple of years, I tried to catch as many games as I could. This year, I'm maybe catching one in four. Um, you know, and if anyone's sitting here like yelling at me trying to provide prospect analysis while not watching as much as I have, like you know. Fuck you. You have two kids under five years old at home and try to do this. But no, he, he's been good and he's his skating is that he, he's got the physical tools to do it. it. It's just a matter of it almost seems like sometimes he's still trying to catch up mentally to the game. And that's totally normal for a, a young defenseman. He's 21 years old. He's still trying to come up to like the NHL speed. And, and that's something you commonly hear when like any, when especially, you know, teenagers or people in their young twenties first make the jump to the NHL. It's like, Holy shit. Everything happens at such a quicker pace. You hear the same in the NFL too. Like when guys get drafted, especially defensemen. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, this game is just at a completely different speed. I think that's a little bit of what Robertson has struggled with, but I think he's got all the physical tools. It's just a matter of getting up to like NHL speed 
speed. Um, but I'm confident he'll be there. And I, you know, you made the comment earlier that Othman should definitely have a legitimate shot to make the team out of camp. That's also how I feel about Matthew Robertson. Sorry, I think Roger. Robertson's going to be the. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, well, well, I don't think Matthew Robertson's going to be a Ranger by camp next year. Wow, I really? Mean, hey, if, if he's definitely one of those guys. Like, if the Rangers are going shopping at the deadline, like, pretty much every name we've mentioned except for Othman should be one of the names that are potentially included in a deal, depending on what caliber player you're talking. And I know um, the Rangers love Will Cooley, so I don't think he'll be in there. But, like, that is a name that if you're going after a big name that isn't Patrick Kane, because, you know, don't fucking trade for Patrick Kane, um, yeah, that, that should be on the table as well. Robertson and a second-round pick for Vladdy Gavrikov. Do you do it? I, when you said Vladdy, I really thought you were going to be to say Tarasenko, and you really threw <laughs> no. me off by saying no. that. Well, I don't uh, want, yes, I, I'll do I that. Say, Tarasenko. I know, I know <laughs> if I say Vladislav Gavrikov, Ryan's going to have a stroke. So I, <laughs> I keep it to Vladdy Gavrikov. Probably could do it for a third, I'm guessing. Expiring contract, only $2.8 million. Not having a great year on a really bad team, but has a history of success. I'm okay, but I'm not like I kind of agree with what you were saying before. We're like, if we're making a deal at the deadline, you know, yes, you you always need your one or two depth guys, but I do think we we need someone with a little bit more impact. And I say it's funny. I say I think I agree with you, and actually, I'm totally disagreeing with what you say before. It doesn't necessarily need to be a forward or a defenseman, but if we're trading, you know, a good prospect and some decent picks and stuff like that, I'd rather go for the hey, this guy is definitely going to make an impact in this very specific area of the game, then like another, hey, you know, maybe if we put him in the right situation, this is going to work kind of deal. Yeah, but it's not like Robertson's going to be a headliner in a Chikrin deal. I, like, I, I, I'm I think we need it. to take I, a step I, back. I, I'm not saying no. And also, don't trade for Chikrin either. Like, the, the, between his contract, I mean, his contract's okay, but like, how many fucking knee injuries has the guy had already? Like, I, I'm totally out on trading for dudes who've had like five knee surgeries already. <laughs> um, but it's, I, you know what? It just, if, if we're, I, I'm fine with it. What you said, am I saying no? No. But am I like sitting there dancing in the streets over that trade? No, not that either. That makes me feel like it's a really good trade in it, even for both teams. It's, it makes me feel like it's, I did my job. It's a fair trade. Yes, I agree with you. Uh, I think that's it. Drew, uh, any other questions for our friend Drew, Greg? Uh, what do you uh, What do you get in the the, the itty bitties for the holidays this year, Drew? Yeah. Well, so F- Finley is two months, so you don't really need to go too wild there. But Declan, he's you know four and a half now, and mm. so he's getting a handful of things. He's got like this big train set he's getting. He's already got train a, sets a, like, are sick. He's already got like an actual like real life drum set. It's actually like right next to me right now. It's like a Ludwig actual drum set just for littler people. Um, and he's my one of my best friends. Also got him a actual acoustic guitar too so he's good on that front but he, he, oh, marvel's his big thing he so he's mm. getting some like you know, he, he wanted a thanos action figure because he needs a bad guy at all times and then iron man and those guys um he's getting like wrestling mats kind of because this new thing is just jumping all over his bed pretending he's you know thor whatever trying to like beat up his stuffed animals which like nice. reminds me of like when i was a kid like i had like a little wrestling thing and it's like you know, I'm, I'm the rock and i'm beating up you know whoever would actually I it's kind of love... funny like our heroes were the rock and stone cold and they're like it, there's like iron man and thor like well, mythical creatures like it, yeah my funny. guy dr- drives a milk drake into a rock and drinks beers <laughs> what, one of my favorite guys was ken shamrock as a kid just because i was obsessed with the fact that he was like an actual ufc fighter and right. he was nuts but uh yeah. but yeah speaking um, of steroids <laughs> yeah well speaking of any wwe guy um <laughs> But uh, no, he, he so just a bunch of stuff like that. Um, De- Declan's been hilarious of late too. His new thing is like he's never met a fart joke he can't make all of a sudden. 
And mm. so that that's the new phase. He hasn't met a question. He fit he right in the podcast. Yeah, he hasn't met a question he can't ask answer with why, and he hasn't made a fart joke that he can't make. Well, Amazing. so what what you're saying is uh, I don't need to turn you on to my favorite Christmas present of the year, which is hookers and blow save Christmas. Yeah, I mean, we saw the picture. I mean, yeah, we <laughs> all know you, you didn't need any convincing for me to begin with on that. But that's well, just, listen, it is it is a snowblower and a tow truck. I, I get your mind out of the gutter, <laughs> sir. It, it is incredible the the cover posted on Twitter tomorrow. Um, it's on Twitter tomorrow. It's on Twitter tonight. Yeah. Oh, nice, sick. All right, Drew, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, happy holidays to you and your family, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, guys. Happy holidays to you and yours as well. Later. It is the end of the show, so I'm going to read the names for the Insiders Club, who are the top supporters of this show. I'm going to read other names like this. Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Cartulo, Adam Linder, Adam Keach, Alex Flynn, Alex Gartner, Anthony Terragata, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Bill Rattel, Brennan Lacos, Brandon Magnum, Brett Granger, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Chris Bailey, Chris Haru, Chris Stellwagon, Conrad P. Damage, Daniel Dazen, David Narodin, David Siegel, Dennis Dice, Darian, Eric Stag, Gib Gergarikov, Gretzky Gareth, McFly, Deep Breath, I'm still gonna keep naming names i took a pause here to reset the tempo harrison hasco hip hip 89 ian rodriguez ian usher james masker jerry and marquez jd jean jacques francois jean jean <laughs> jimmy back john hardesty john shay johnny thundercock yeah jordan just a cast bomb justin friedman christian florida christoph berg Ross. Lays at Gronowski. I'm going to the next page. Lee Bors Kayak. Luigi Ordano with the Rangers haven't lost since it was your birthday. Congratulations. Matthew Goodwin. Ma- Matthew Kine. Meatball the Cat. Mike Bucklaw. Nate Hanafi. I pronounced that wrong. Neil Grover. Nicholas D. Nicola. Pascal Perrier. Pavel Kodarev. Pro World of Tanks gamer. Randy Tesser. Ryan still hasn't watched Miracle. It's true. Sean Taggart, Stig Bulbach, Swingard, Thomas Welsh, Thomas Clary, Tommy Urch, Junior, Tommy O'Neill, Tory from Manhattan, Upstate Vin, Vinny Hay, Walter Thompson, Will Spector, and finally at the end of the freaking song, I'm going to thank the one Winston, the Golden Retriever, woof. Oh my god, did I just do that? One take is all it takes. Uh, happy New Year, happy holidays. Um... For all who celebrate, and actually it's not New Year just yet, we'll be back one more episode. Of course, the Rangers play the Penguins and the Islanders and six more hellish games without possibly Filipino. So stay tuned. There will be a BSBOT this week. It will come out on Thursday night, and we hope to see you there. And we wish you a happy holidays. Love you guys. Bye.